Amen. Thank you, music team. Well, good morning, church. It's actually not morning. It's a little after 8 on Saturday evening. And uh, but we're going to do this anyway, right? We've got, we've got Vicky and Paul right here. That's all we need, right? Uh, music team. I thought we might have Jacinto with us. He just had to leave, though. But um, I wanted to just mention uh, to you, you may have noticed, you've been getting uh, emails from Debbie Brown, and you might have noticed that our, our Facebook is a little bit more active than usual. That's on purpose. Uh, my wife just brought this to my attention the other day. She said, have you told the church yet that, that we have Debbie as a new admin assistant? I said, no, I should do that. So I'm doing that now. Debbie Brown, she's a, a new admin assistant for us, and she started uh, back in December. And so you'll, you'll start to notice some more activity online. Her, her focus is going to be our online presence, our social media, our website. And so uh, we actually have a new Instagram account for our church. So go find us on Instagram, and uh, you'll be getting communication from us that way. Uh, hopefully content that you can share with friends and family to help further spread uh, the gospel in our community to our friends and family. Hope you're all warm and safe at home. I'm really missing our regular in-person gathering, but I'm thankful for this technology that allows us to engage, even if in a less than ideal way. This is not how we prefer it to be, of course. So this week I had planned on beginning a new sermon series that will immerse ourselves in John's gospel But I'm going to save that sermon for when we're all back together in person. Next week, I have a planned sermon uh, in Psalm 139 that will touch on issues related to uh, Sanctity of Human Life Sunday. And so in two weeks, we'll be getting into the Gospel of John on January 23rd. For today, I've prepared some devotional thoughts based on time that I've spent in the Word recently. This year, I've decided to read through the Bible using the McShane reading plan. This is a popular Bible reading plan that I've used many times. It was arranged by a pastor named Robert Murray McShane, a Scottish pastor who lived in the early 1800s. The plan gives you roughly four chapters a day and has you reading from four different parts of the Bible. So, for example, right now I'm reading Genesis, Matthew, Ezra, and Acts. And it's kind of neat because they're all about beginnings, right? You have the beginning of creation in Genesis. You've got uh, the beginning. We just talk, preached on this in, in December, the beginning of Jesus' ministry in Matthew, and then Ezra, of course, the returned exiles from Babylon beginning again in the, in the Promised Land, and then, of course, Acts chronicling the beginning of the church. And so you have all these beginnings kind of juxtaposed to one another. So it's a pretty neat way to go through the Bible. Uh, if followed to the end, using the McShane plan, you'll have read the Old Testament once and the Psalms and the New Testament twice. New Testament scholar D.A. Carson has also written a companion devotional with reflections on the daily readings. 
in the McShane plan. You can find this in two volumes called For the Love of God, Parts 1 and 2. So last week I read Genesis chapter 5, which I'll read for us in just a moment, and I'm going to offer some reflections gleaned from my time in the Word and also some from Carson. But let's get to the Word now. If you want to grab your Bibles, turn with me there to Genesis chapter 5 and follow along with me as I read. This is the book of the generations of Adam. When God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. Male and female, he created them, and he blessed them and named them man when they were created. When Adam lived 130 years, he fathered a son in his own likeness after his image and named him Seth. The days of Adam after he fathered Seth were 800 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. When Seth had lived 105 years, he fathered Enosh. Seth lived after he fathered Enosh 807 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Seth were 912 years, and he died. When Enosh had lived 90 years, he fathered Kenan. Enosh lived after he fathered Kenan 815 years. He had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Enosh were 905 years, and he died. When Kenan had lived 70 years, he fathered Mahalalel. Kenan lived after he fathered Mahalalel 840 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Kenan were 910 years, and he died. When Mahalalel had lived 65 years, he fathered Jared. Mahalalel lived after he fathered Jared 830 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Mahalalel were 895 years, and he died. When Jared had lived 162 years, he fathered Enoch. Jared lived after he fathered Enoch 800 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Jared were 962 years, and he died. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he fathered Methuselah. Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God and was not, for God took him. When Methuselah had lived 187 years, he fathered Lamech. Methuselah lived after he fathered Lamech 782 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Methuselah were 969 years, and he died. When Lamech had lived eight, or 182 years, he fathered a son and called his name Noah, saying, Out of the ground that the Lord has cursed, this one shall bring us relief from our work and from the painful toil of our hands. Lamech lived after he fathered Noah 595 years and had other sons and daughters. 
Thus all the days of Lamech were 777 years, and he died. After Noah was 500 years old, Noah fathered Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Every part of it, even the parts that we may be tempted to skim over or read quickly. Father, we thank you that your word is powerful and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing between joints and marrow, soul and spirit. Lord, may your word divide us as we divide your word together this morning. May your spirit be our teacher, and may we be more like Jesus as a result of the time we've spent in your word. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So first, notice that again and again in this chapter, we see this repeated refrain, all the days of so-and-so were so many years, and he died again and again. We see this repeated refrain. And just a few chapters earlier, death was not a reality. But here, it's in our faces and it's inescapable. The contrast is stark and jarring. Though we were made in God's image and were supposed to live with Him forever, now death is our reality. Because of God's just punishment against man's rebellion, our rebellion. One chapter earlier in Genesis 4, we have the first murder, Cain, killing his brother Abel. And in the chapters that follow, we have the flood narrative where God puts an end to all human life, except for Noah and his family. And this was because of the wickedness on the earth that had become so great. So the bookends of this chapter 5 are surrounded by death, and death runs throughout chapter 5 as well. The lifespans here are incredible, but more years means more evil. And so by the time we get to Genesis chapter 6 verse 3, God cuts short the years of his rebellious image bearers. Today we don't like to talk about death. It's an uncomfortable subject. We'd much rather talk about the weather or sports We're improving our life, extending our life. There's this endless pursuit of youth in our culture. And indeed, this is the aim of much medical research and in the health and fitness industry. Live better. Live longer. Push death back as long as possible. But no matter how healthy you are, no matter how fit you are, or how young you look, The end result is always the same. All the days of so-and-so were this many years, and he died. It's uncomfortable, but it should be, because it's a reminder that death is not natural, and it's in fact our enemy. We're surrounded by it, and our church has been no stranger to death this last year, We've seen some long-time dear saints go home to be with the Lord. Think of Armanouche and Dewey and Helene. 
Barbara and Jorg's mother Inga and Paul's mother Greta, Will Croft just recently, as, long as, as well as uh, Pastor Gary's brother Mark. God does not want us to shut our eyes to the effects of our sin and the inevitability of death. And here it's inescapable, chapter 5. But chapter 5 includes one bright exception. In chapter 5, verse 24, we read, Enoch walked with God and was not, for God took him. It's so striking that you, you have that account right in the middle of all this death. There, there's one account that doesn't end the way all the others do. It's as if God is showing us here in Genesis chapter 5 that death does not have to be our final end. Indeed, the rest of the Bible will unpack how those who walk with God will one day escape death. And even those who do suffer death, there's hope of new life beyond death. But this is all tied to walking with God. This is a theme that runs through John's gospel that we're going to get into in a few short weeks. Life. Life. In fact, the stated purpose of John's gospel in John 20 Verse 31 says this, These are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. To walk with God is to trust Jesus' perfect life, his substitutionary death, and his victorious resurrection. To reverse the curse of death And to make us part of God's family, making us rebels, his adopted sons and daughters. And so if you're someone this morning who's currently walking with God by faith in Jesus, and death has struck close to home for you this last year, I want to remind you, and to remind you, to point to you uh, this hope that death is not the end of those who walk with God. We have a great hope. And though we grieve at the reality of death, we do not do so as those who have no hope. Because we know there's a resurrection to come. We know that there is life beyond death. And we rejoice knowing that our great enemy death has been defeated We don't have to fear death because he's been defeated. The Apostle Paul reminds us of this at the end of 1 Corinthians 15 when he says, Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. If you're watching online this morning and you're not sure that you have this life that Jesus offers, a life that not even death can take from you, or if you're not sure that you are walking with God, but you want to, 
the good news is that God is not far from anyone. In a simple act of faith that involves turning from your sin and trusting Jesus to forgive you, you can begin walking with God today, right now. If you'd like to know more about how to walk with God by faith in Jesus, go to our website, fishkillbaptist.org, and scroll down just a little ways, and you'll see a little uh, link there, connect card. Paul had mentioned that earlier. That's a great way to reach out to us. And I would love nothing more than to help you know how to walk with Jesus. That's why I do what I do. Fill out that card, and I'll reach out to you and be in touch shortly. And if you'd like to know how to have life with Jesus, how to walk with God, I'd be happy to have that conversation with you. And so do those things. Reach out to us through the Connect card. Uh, If you're someone who's not sure you're walking with God, or if you have that life that Jesus offers, we want to talk to you about that. Uh, And if you're someone who is walking with God, be encouraged this morning to know that death is not the end of us, and that even though we grieve in this life at, at the reality of death, we grieve as those who have hope. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for this time in your word. Thank you that... Uh, Your word, again, is powerful and effective. Thank you, God, for the life that is to be had in knowing you and walking with you. We thank you that that life is available to all through faith in your son, Jesus, who loved us, who lived for us a perfect life that none of us could have achieved for ourselves and offered that life up on the cross as our substitute bearing the full wrath of God for the penalty of our sin so that we can be forgiven and made children of God. Thank you for the victorious resurrection of Jesus, of which he is just the first fruits of many who will come after him, who put their faith in him to be forgiven, to be made whole, to be made part of your family. God, we pray that many would begin walking with Jesus today as a result of the, of the working of your spirit and hearts through the proclamation of your word. God, help us to walk more faithfully. Help us to love more dearly our Savior, Jesus. We thank you that in this life, which is surrounded by so much pain and sickness and death, we have such a greater hope knowing that we have life in Jesus that not even death can take from us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.